welcome into episode 106. 106. Every time we, I say number, it just boggles my mind. Uh, that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And we should we should tell people, because this is important, this is pre-recorded. This is not recorded on our usual Thursday. Connor is going on a big vacation. So we are recording this before Thursday. So if any big news breaks, I'll have reaction on Bruins Rinkside YouTube channel. Don't worry. Uh, But this is recorded before. So we will not be touching anything that happens. So let's just say, hypothetically, if Bergeron and Krejci get re-signed, it will not be covered in this episode. If anything, I I think I'm doing you and Bruins fans a favor by going on vacation because that's usually what happens. I believe it was last year I went to uh, Las Vegas for a few days and up in the air. I happened to activate the Wi-Fi. And as soon as I did, you know, you get like this stream of notifications. and It was all from the Bruins. And it was like, congrats on a great career, Millsy. I was like, shit. And then like uh, literally an hour later, it was like, we have signed Brennan Kahlo to a five-year contract extension. So Two big things of news happened on one flight. So if you're looking for any news to break, it'll probably be when I'm up in the air uh, during this week. So you're welcome, everyone. Happy and you're going help. and you're going on a few flights because you're headed to a few different places, correct? Yes, I'm going to New Orleans and Austin. I've decided, you know, it's already 100 degrees up here in Boston. Might as well just keep it rolling. Like, let's keep let's, you know, keep keep it going here. Oh, I'm, sweat I'm everything out. It's like a, it's like a detox. I mean, it's like a sauna in and of itself. I don't have to go to a spa or anything like that. So it all works. No out. reason. No reason. That's perfect. Yeah, just get it all. But this all on these flights, maybe Bergeron will be resigned on the first flight. And then when you go to Austin, David Krejci will be resigned. Mm-hmm. And then on the way home, I, I don't know, something else. Ra- Raphael Devers will get traded. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be the Bruins. It could be this everything, is true. Right? It could be yeah. Yeah, any Boston team. Maybe any Kevin, team. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. There yeah, we go. Exactly. <laughs> Come to the Celtics. So there's quite a bit that could happen. I'm, I'm just out here helping out all the content creators across the Boston sports and media sphere here, Evan. You're really sacrificing yourself for the greater good. In a of course. Sense. Happy to yeah. help. Happy to play. I like by. that. I can respect that. So today we are each going to give two players who should bounce back in 2022-23 under Jim Montgomery. We're also going to give a player who should take a step back, which is always fun because people can throw that in our face at the end of the of year. So uh, these are early looks at the season. Again, I we're going to probably go – we're probably going to talk about these as training camp comes, during training camp, beginning of the season. Like, we're probably going to hit on some of these. But these are kind of our official players we expect to uh, bounce back in 2022-23. And I will let you go first vacation man uh who is your number one uh player you think will bounce back this upcoming year and yeah. i say vacation man in a good way i don't mean yes. that like oh god skipping out on work you know like no this oh, is good shucks you deserve, me going on you, deserve, you deserve a fun week in new orleans and austin let me be the first to tell you that thank you very much evan uh in terms of uh the first guy who i think could uh bounce back this upcoming season i'm gonna go with matt Grizzlick, who uh Obviously, I think is a very divisive player. I think, you know, there's the narrative going around that he's you know a net negative in the, the playoffs or he's a flawed player. Um, and again, he's got certain strengths and, and weaknesses that can be exploited. But I kind of think you look at his overall body of work in terms of what he brings in terms of his strengths with transition game, probably being the second most reliable offensive presence on the blue line for the Bruins. Um, and the fact that also he's was dealing with a, a shoulder injury since 
when was that like January? I think they played against like I think it was Winnipeg. I think it was Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois hit him. Yeah, hit him pretty like around the midway point of the season, and he really kind of struggled down the stretch there. So future future Bruins legend Pierre Luc. Yes, Dubois. exactly. <laughs> so I, I think you look at him uh, going under the knife, getting that cleaned up. Um, his skill set, which again, it's not like he's a, a thirty year old guy where you have to be worried about his uh, his skating ability or anything like that waning. Um, I have to imagine that uh, if the Bruins are deciding on a guy on the left side to move, it would be a guy like Riley before Grizzlick. Um, and I also think you look at uh, Montgomery and, and what he brings and even uh, a guy like John Gruden, who will probably be overseeing the defense for the Bruins this upcoming season. I think you listen to everything they talk about in terms of the need for the Bruins to generate more five on five offense and all of that coming from the, the blue line, which is not just, I think, for them hammering home the fact that they need guys to shoot more. But I think they mentioned a lot of lateral movement along the blue line, which if there's one thing that I think Grizzik's really good at, it's moving laterally and finding those kind of lanes and finding um, ways to take advantage of the limited space that he has up there. So uh, I, I think Grizzik's a guy that could bounce back and, and have another strong campaign. Now, is he going to be a 40 point guy or anything like that? I don't know about that, but if he can come back healthy, give you, 25, 30 points um, and, and be kind of the, the player that kind of put himself on the map as a, as a strong top four candidate for this team. I think there's a lot of value there, especially if I think once everyone's back and healthy, if course looks further back down the lineup and he's not maybe exposed to top pairing uh, or top line guys like a McAvoy and Lindholm pairing would have to deal with. Uh, I think there's a lot more value there as well. So I, I think Grizzlick's the first guy that comes to mind for me. Yeah, and, and what's interesting with Grizzly is I feel like we've been waiting for a while to ha- see him really explode offensively. But under Montgomery, I you know, again, I don't know if he's going to be putting up, you know, 40 points. Yeah. But I do think the way that Montgomery wants to play, the way that uh, John Gruden wants to play, bodes well for that. Like, and again, it's, it's kind of a new defensive voice. And speaking of a new defensive voice, I will go with Brandon Carlo. I'll keep it on D. I'll keep it with uh, Grizzly's longtime partner uh, these past couple of seasons since Krug left. Um, in the sense, obviously, as we've said, Carlo is not going to become this offensive dynamo. He's not going to be, you know, Charlie McAvoy. He's not going to be, you know, uh, Kel McCarr out there unless, you know, something wild happens. You know, then Carlo exactly. Crazy. You know, he turns out just crazy straight line speed. Um, but we are waiting on whether or not they're going to go with a man to man or zone defense. They've obviously done zone. Now they did it all under Cassidy. And that was what Carlo's obviously been used to his entire time. Um, Maybe man coverage helps him if they decide to go to that. I don't see them fully going to man. I see them as Gruden kind of mentioned in his opening presser, like some tweaks to the zone. I don't see them just completely overturning the whole thing because the reality is it worked. The Bruins have been one of the best defensive teams now for years. So I don't see the reason for changing up that. Um, But I also think just having new defensive voices, like new head coach, new defense coach would help a guy like Carlo. He's had a couple down years now. Um, and a lot of it comes back to the concussions and, and injuries he's sustained. He was never a huge physical player to begin with, you know, like coming up, Brendan Carlo was never the guy laying guys out in the middle of the ice. Like that just isn't his game. But I do think when it comes to coverages and things like that, just be better at it. Um, and the same with breaking the puck out in the sense that Cassidy loved the quick ups. He liked moving the puck up quick. Montgomery is not as urgent with that. He likes having puck possession. That was always his Dallas team, you know, Give it a sec, wait for the neutral zone formation to kind of take shape, move through it at your own pace or when you see fit. And maybe that helps a guy like Carlo, where it's not just urgently get it up, get it up quick, whereas that's great for Grizzlick, not great for Carlo. So maybe this helps Carlo. Um, 
you have to think at some point Carlos game has to even out where it's like a good season has to be in there somewhere. Um, so I see him as a guy who um, probably the bounce back uh, in 2022, 23, which would be good for them. They could really use that, especially given they're paying him quite a bit of money. Yes. That would, that would work out quite well. It, again, as you said, doesn't have to transform as a player, but if he can just get back to what he was a few years ago, it would absolutely validate uh, his contract, which you hope at the very least in a year or so falls in line with market value, which I think when you look at yes. how his play was last year, left a bit to be uh, desired. Left quite a bit to be desired. Safe bet, though, that maybe he uh, maybe comes back better than last year, this year. Uh, we're talking really safe bets. Talking about a good friends over at Bet Online. Right you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off seasons, but over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. That's where the game starts. So speaking of games starting, who is your second player that you are uh, expecting a bounce back from this year? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who has actually not even played a game for the Bruins quite yet, but I'm going to go with Pavel Zaka, uh, who I think you kind of look at his body of work in New Jersey and, and the player he is. And I think people not having a low bar going into the year uh, of what he is, but I think people can kind of see his style of playing. Be like, all right, you can expect 25, 35 points from him and, and be happy with that. And I think the Bruins would be in the role that they're probably carving out for him, where I imagine they, they hope he's a, a third line guy on the wing with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith, Fabian Lysel, someone there. Like they'll have some guy on, on the right side there that I think is going to be viewed as kind of more of a finisher there. Um, but I think Zaka, that's not to say that he's all of a sudden going to be with Coyle and insert right wing guy there. And it's going to be 45, 50 points for Zaka. But I think he's a guy that has a little bit more um, that can bring to this team. And we kind of talked about it uh earlier this week on Bruins beat that I think you look at what Montgomery uh, views in terms of lineup construction, especially putting together the right people uh, on lines for him. It's all about identifying uh, individual players, kind of top talent or skill set, and trying to find out where that best is maximized with other players around him. So I think you look at Zaka, who you kind of mentioned uh, very good transition numbers, very good passing numbers. And also uh, is, even though he's not really a goal scorer, tends to plant himself in grade A ice. So I think if you put him with, let's say, a puck possession pivot like Coyle, who's good at holding on to the puck down low and a potential shot first guy like Smith, I could see that working out where all of a sudden his numbers have a a good uptick. Again, not to say that he's due for a breakout year. It's going to be like we're predicting what Hollow was last year in between Hall and Pasternak. But I think you look at... um, whether it's maybe easier matchups on the third line as opposed to him earning, you know, top six reps with a, a younger New Jersey team or uh, the ability to, I think, to match more with a guy like Coyle and, and Smith or whoever it is there. I think Zaka can at the very least be a, a dependable middle six cog that could really help out this team, especially on that third line, which 
feel like we say it every single year, needs to uh, get a lot more consistent with their offense. I think that's a key to getting more consistent, even strength scoring. I figured out what's going to happen on your flight home. Actually, maybe it'll be the flight to uh, New Orleans. Okay. They're going to announce the Zaka contract. Oh, okay. It's like a lead. And it pushes everything back. So then Burr's running and creates you after. So we get the three stories for when you're in the air. Part of me is, you know, I I agree with you in the sense I do believe he's going to have a bounce back. But I, there's a little apprehension about him. And it says that he did play the wing in New Jersey, but he came here. I remember Don Sweeney saying he views himself as a center. They don't really need him at center here. No. So there well, is a worry that <laughs> unless things go really wrong. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. If, in the case that Bergeron and Krejci do not resign, then you need Zaka. Then Zaka will get his coveted top six minutes as a center. Um, Burns fans might not love that as much, but uh, if those guys come back and everybody's healthy, he is a bottom six winger. He's probably a third line left wing. That's what, We've all kind of said now he might love that. He might be like, cool. I'm just down to win. Cool. Cool. Good with it. Love it. But there's also that part where you kind of think, oh, maybe he gets upset about it. Maybe he's not too big a fan of that. Um, Just something to watch, but I agree with you. I do think that the way he plays fits well next to Charlie Coyle. And if you just put him, if you put him around the net and let Craig Smith just shoot the puck from freaking Timbuktu, going to put some goals and you have to think Uh, my guy, my second guy is, and this is kind of expected Jake Brusk. I think Nebraska said for uh, kind of a big bounce back here. Really, second half for him was a huge bounce back from the first half last year. I think that continues this season. New head coach. Um, I also think that renewed confidence. He's got, you know, contract extensions in place. Uh, has proved to himself he can play the right side. You know, you look at the 25 goals last year. That was really solid. Um, again, Jacob, and we've said this, even when he wasn't that great, even when he was having rough times, he was one of the only guys in the scene that really does get to high danger areas. Like DeRusk does get to the net. Um, and again, a full year of that, whether that's next to Bergeron um, or whoever is his center, if Bergeron doesn't come back, then maybe you're a little more worried. But again, I think if DeBrusque is riding on the right side of Bergeron, I think good things are going to happen with him. Um, and he wants to be here now. The trade request is gone. Um, I don't see him getting dealt because again, they need him. They really do. So I, again, I look at this and I look at DeBrusque and I did an expectations video on this, by the way, for Bruins ringside. So I did kind of give a, a point, you know, an area where I expect him to be. He's never hit 30 goals before. I think it's somewhat of a safe bet that he could hit 30 goals. We're, we're doing, we're doing this again, Evan, with the, the <laughs> prediction on DeBrusque. <laughs> we're doing this again, but I will say I'll defend myself in this situation. That time I said he would lead the Bruins, I think, in goals. I don't think 30 goals is going to lead the Bruins. So I will, I will, this is a little more tame prediction. But I think, you know, if there's any lead up to a guy getting 30 or him setting a career high in goals, probably this year, given the, you know, the opportunity, the confidence, kind of all those things. So right. that would be my second um, bounce back player, probably be Jake DeBrusque. I think a lot of people have DeBrusque. I don't think that's like a, a hot take by any means. I think people are pretty high on DeBrusque right now. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree. So anyways, on to the fun stuff. <laughs> the stuff people are going to love. Uh, what's the one player you expect to regress this year? I think one guy that you have to be a little bit concerned about, and you could actually maybe say the overall position is uh, the goaltending. And I think specifically Olmach. Um, I, I think you just look at one, the fact that the Bruins decor is going to be in rough shape to stop the year yes. uh, with McAvoy and, and Grizzly both out. And you could, again, argue uh, about Grizzly and his value, but one thing Grizzly's good at is breaking the puck out, getting the puck out of the D zone and limiting the amount of chances that the other team has at 
generating good looks against your goaltender. So having both those guys out is going to be a tough hit, especially early on. And then I think also just the fact that you've kind of heard from Montgomery that, and something that I think even Don Sweeney and Cam Neely mapped out. I don't think the Bruins are going to stray from, you know, their overall identity. I don't think they're going to be like the St. Louis blues and go from like a grinded out team to run and gun or anything like that. That being said, I think they look at the potential tweaks they can make. And if it leads to, a little bit more offense. Does that mean, you know, being a little bit looser uh, in terms of the D structure or limiting those chances? And if that's the case, um, whether it be those system tweaks or just the, the, the talent level of this overall D core to start the year, I could see a situation where guys like Olmark and, and Swayman are going to have kind of their work cut out for them in terms of a much higher uptick in high danger chances against, it's great a looks, all those things. And I think you look at Olmark, who was very solid last year. I think brought a lot of value as kind of a steadying guy um, who, especially when the Bruins were in kind of rough stretches, was a, a guy that really kind of bailed them out during some some rough goes of it, especially in December and at the very end of the regular season. Um, but again, you kind of look at where his numbers were in terms of those high danger looks. Um, he could be a guy that if it, those things pile up, you could see quite a few goals kind of sneak in as a result. Um, it's always tough to also map out just goalie performance, unless you're a truly elite talent where you have the luxury of a guy like Rask or Vasilevsky or anything like that, where you're like, all right, some bumps in the road, like every goalie, but we generally know what they're going to be. Uh, it's always a lot tougher when it's anyone who's even a, a very solid, good goaltender to kind of expect how that is going to translate over the course of a season. So uh, I think Olmark's a guy that I think is still going to be very steady goalie. I'm, I'm not predicting he's going to be a below replacement level or anything like that. But I think both goalies, it's going to be a bit of a, a tough sledding, especially at the start of the year, whether it's just dealing with those kind of de- defensive tweaks or just the fact that you don't have your kind of uh, get out of jail free card and McAvoy there, uh, you know, limiting those chances against. With the money Olmark's making, if there's a regression, you know what the tenor around here is going to be uh, surrounding that. But I do agree that, again, in front of him, it is not as steady, especially the first two months of the year, uh, as he may like. As long as the goalie hugs are back, though, people, people probably be okay as with it. As long as the right? vibes like, are good. Vibes are high. Hugs are there. You know, I, I imagine they're probably going to do the same thing this year. I Like, they're not going to do something new. They're in goalie pads. Like, what would you... What else could you do? Remember when the Red Sox a few years? Well, I was gonna say because the Red Sox a few years ago they had like Betts, JBJ, and Benatendi all no longer with the team. Uh, do that thing in the outfield where they kind of you know did the, the dance and they all like did their thing. Can't really do that in net, right? Like I don't know. It's like you, you're in big pads and so the we'll hug see. works. The hug, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's, That's what I say. That's true. So my player. And I think I mentioned this earlier in the off season because I remember saying this. Um, I think we might have covered this, maybe just like when we were talking about the injuries, right? But I think, and again, I'm I'm using regress lightly here. But Brad Marchand, 34 years old, just had surgery on both of his hips, both of his hips. That is not like some small procedure. Both his hips, it's not great, um, not great, not terrific. Um, again, that does not mean that Brad Martian is going to be putting up 40 points this year. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is maybe he's not as lethal. Maybe the age shows a little bit. 
These are things that happen with double hip surgery at 34 years old, playing a game that is extremely fast on ice. That's how it works. So I don't want to hear if Martian has a career year when he comes back, I don't want to hear, Oh, Evan totally picked against him. You know? No, I'm saying that every sign points to, he might regress a little bit. He might not be as lethal and damaging as he has been in past years. That's okay. That's not great. That's not what you want. But that might happen, especially considering like there's not going to be like a preseason for him. He's just going to come in and play games. Uh, but as we've seen with Bergeron in the past, you know, they come right in. They you know he scores like freaking two goals and four assists or two goals and four points or whatever in games he returns. But again, that wasn't off like double hip surgery. This is double hip surgery. So, again, regression for him is lighter than it would be for, you know, some of the other people we talk about with regressing. But I don't expect Marshan to have a career year this year. I think it's a safe thing to assume that given um, again, the double hip surgery, which again, we keep, we're, we're everyone's so focused on Bergeron and Krejci that I think people are looking away from the fact of like McAvoy's injury, Grizzlick's injury, Martian's injury. And we discussed this a little bit on Bruins beat. Um, but given again, the, as you said, like Grizzlick got surgery, but it was on his shoulder. So it's right. like, this is helpful. And he's a young guy um, that doesn't really affect his speed. So Marshan's my pick for a potential regression. Is there anyone else you could see as a regression candidate? I was looking around at the lineup and, you know, I mean, maybe like Trent Frederick isn't as strong this year, but also there's a case to be made that with a new coach who supports younger guys a bit more, maybe he gets more time. So like he's yeah. one that maybe could go both ways. Yeah. He's a guy like that. Craig Smith could be a guy that you could, I think, make the argument either or in terms of he's a streaky guy anyway, but he's got a pretty solid track record in terms of his base line numbers but he's also what 33 so he could be a guy that all right uh puck luck falls his way again and goes back to what we expect which is 20 goals and 40 points over a full season or maybe it's slowly but surely father time kind of gets his way with them and he again i don't think he's gonna drop off but he could be more of that all right we're gonna pencil him into the third line be happy with 15 ish goals and 30 points or what have you. So that could be a guy to keep an eye on. And then also depends on if they're back or not. We'll see when uh, I'm up in the air, but again, Bergeron and Krejci, both, you know, be 37 when the season starts, I think. So again, Bergeron kind of defied father time last year. had one of the best defensive seasons ever, but again, sooner or later, uh, it comes for everyone in terms of waiting for that drop off. And again, it's like same with Martian. It's not to say that he's going to go from, Selkie winner to a three C level player, but even if it's something where over an 82 game stretch, his points drop to 50 points or, or what have you, like, again, it's just something that you have to sooner or later expect at some point of a little bit of erosion in terms of their play. And same with Krejci. Again, I think if Krejci's back and he's next to Hall and Pasternak, probably going to be pretty good, but there's still that level of doubt, right. Or the edge, at least that, um, that, ability to look at where he is in his skill set and wonder just how much he can kind of keep it up even with that really talented cast around them. So even if those guys are back, which would be great news for the Bruins, I think you still have to, you're still putting a lot of hope into two 37 year old guys that great players, but again, can't keep playing at a high level all the time. And they're still the fourth team in the Atlantic, most likely. Um, also, that. You, also have to, you also have to think uh, with a guy like Marshan, I can't wait to write the story during the year where it's like, you know, is Marshan going to be the same player he is when he comes back and you tweet it and then you sit there and go, is he going to quote tweet me and send yeah, me B Mar 63? <laughs> no, like, no, can't be right now. Come on. It's like that Steve, uh, the Steve Corral gift uh, from the office where he's like, <sighs> yeah, 
Like it has happened to me once where I got that notification. You go like, oh boy. My career is in jeopardy right here. Yes. Um, But it's another thing with Martian where there's no one who can replace Martian. Like you look at the way in which he produces offensively, right? Scoring, setting plays up, power play, top 10 penalty killer in the league, maybe even higher. Like there's no one who can do all that. So suddenly you have to kind of do what they do in Moneyball where you spread that all out. You know, can they get on base? Uh, that situation with Marshan. So going to be tough to figure uh, to uh, make up for that lost production if he does regress a bit. Uh, but anyways, Connor, uh, that is Poke Bear episode 106. What can people look forward to from you over at Boston Sports Journal? Yes. Uh, again, I will be uh, probably sweating to death in Texas and Louisiana this week. However, we will still have content out throughout the week over at BSJ. We'll be doing our annual prospect rankings. So you can expect that throughout the week over at BSJ, along with your uh, usual Bruins uh, Bruins coverage, Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox. We've got Patriots training camp right around the corner, so all that content will be out very shortly. Uh, so please subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Also remember to subscribe to Bruins Rinkside on YouTube if you haven't already. Anyways, Connor, go have fun in uh, New Orleans and Austin. You will have an amazing time. I know it. Uh, and so much news will break when you're out there, of course. As, as it always seems to Happy do. to help, that, Evan. Of course. You're taking one for the team on this one, my friend. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>